Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. Spooky season is in full swing, which means it's time for our eighth annual Hindi Horror Halloween. This year we have three Bollywood horror films that are remakes of, quote unquote, iconic Hollywood movies. First up, Charisma Kapoor's life takes a turn for the deadly when her little brother picks out a doll at the market that turns out to be possessed in Lawrence D'Souza's 1996 child's play remake, Poppy Gudia. Then, while trying to fix her marriage at their holiday home in Uti, Vipasha Basu begins to suspect that the home is haunted in Vikram Bhatt's 2002 What Lies Beneath remake, Raz. Finally, Tashara Kapoor leads a group of teenagers who start to suspect that the victim of a murder they committed has come back to exact revenge in Anurag Basu and Anil V. Kumar's 2003 I Know What You Did Last Summer remake, Kuch Tohe. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. Matt, it's, it's your favorite episode of the year. It's up there, yeah. We have been doing Hindi Horror Halloween since we first started this podcast. It was the fourth episode we ever did. Mm -hmm. And we do it... With the Bipasha Basu film, I think. Uh, Didn't we watch Alone? No. the second year? That was the second year when we did... We did kind of a Scream Queen episode about Mm -hmm. Bipasha Basu. The first year we did Go Go Agon, Ekthi Diane, and Boot. Mm. Uh... And then, yes, then we did our Bipasha Basu episode. We've done an episode on the Ramsey Brothers. Uh, last year, we did one on folk horror, as well as kind of some uh, horror comedies. We've done we lots did, of We've done a lot of things. We did uh, a Netflix and Dill Hindi Horror Halloween on typewriter. typewriter. A show that no one remembers. Um, we look forward to this episode every year because... Well, we generally like horror movies. Yeah, we like horror movies. And they're... An important part of the film-going diet, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hindi films are good at horror comedies. Yeah. We're Not really look- so good at the uh, horror horrors. We're really looking forward to Foam Boot. Yeah, that, that seems fun. right up my alley. And talking about, you know, like, remakes of Hollywood movies, I think it reminds us of a couple classic Hollywood movies that we're big fans of. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be interested to see how they... How they deal with both kind of the tropes from Ghostbusters and the Frighteners and things like that. It looks fun. But the straight up horror movies we've watched, the horror dramas, I guess, mm-hmm. they've been hit and miss. A lot of miss. A lot of miss. And some, but some incredible hits. Yeah. The yeah. ones that hit, man, the, they hit. The occasional hit. The occasional hit. Now, in recent years, I think you've really wanted to focus on the cream of the crop. You really wanted to focus on kind of the the horror movies that we've been told are some of the best the Bollywood has to offer. Things and like Tambad, <laughs> things like Tambad, Bubble, Street, etc. Yeah. But I'm I'm taking the series back to its roots here, Matt. <laughs> of bad movies. Not not necessarily bad movies, but just kind of seeing how the horror genre translates in an industry that maybe doesn't have as robust of a horror industry as we do in the West. Which is interesting because they always find, like, um, mythological deities or, like, Mm -hmm. interesting kinds of ghosts. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a rich, as we said in our last year episode, like, folk horror tradition. Mm -hmm. But 
for some reason, it just doesn't always translate into being a good movie, even though there might be an interesting idea for a ghost, yeah. uh, like a Chudale or, you know, a Diane, like a witch. There's, there's lots of interesting monsters out there, but we find that the execution is often not as good as you'd hope. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we went into a bit more kind of um, the history of horror filmmaking uh, in our Ramsey Brothers episodes and just yeah. kind of how they, kicked it all off. how they kind of kicked it off. There's some earlier stuff like Will Conti and a couple other things. Madhumati is also a ghost story, I believe. Yeah. And I like I wouldn't classify those as horror, but they certainly have like supernatural elements. Yeah, no, we've focused on those in a, one of our other long recurring series, our, our Noir Vember series that will be coming up next month. So you can mm-hmm. see how the two series connect at times. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Bollywood horror movies that are remakes of Hollywood movies. Official and unofficial. Um, well, all of the ones we're talking about are unofficial, um, but I kind of I have I have a couple official ones that we can that we'll be mentioning. But unfortunately, we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't access them. Uh, the three that we chose were very much because they were the three available. They weren't yeah. our, they weren't our top picks initially. Um, and that's saying okay. that Kunch to High was not on your top picks list? No, it really it really wasn't. Uh, so some of the films that, unfortunately, we weren't able to get a hold of. Uh, Kuni Murda from 1989. It's a remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. Now, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street, is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. I grew up watching The your Elm Street. Your obsessed with Freddy. Yeah, yeah. My, my cousin really loves A Nightmare on Elm Street, and so I grew up watching the Elm Street movies. Some of my you, all-time... You weren't in a Jason house. You were in a Freddy house. Very much so. But some of my all-time favorite horror movies, and so I would really... I have such a fondness for them. I would really love to see um, Kuni Murda. And I'd also really love to see Mahakal which came out in 1994 and is also a remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. And I think that's the Ramsey's one. And <laughs> yeah. uh, that was in a, that's actually coming out in a new box set from mm-hmm. Mondo Macabro. Yeah. So we're going to be on the lookout for that because that seems like a great addition. And, um, and we've seen some of the songs from this mm-hmm. and they look really fun. So yeah. it's, it's a, like, it's a great concept. Someone who murders you in your dream. So yeah. there's a lot of things you can do with it. So we may, what do you do when there's no teenagers having sex though? Uh, it's a little bit that, that that's more of a detriment to Jason than it is to Freddie. Yeah, oh, Freddie sure. can just mess with you if you're like in rehab or yeah. you're an actor or something. Whereas Jason, you typically need to be a teenager having sex yeah. to be menaced by Jason. Yeah. And Jason's from the Friday the Thirteenth movies, if you don't know. So I'm still hoping at some point we can come back to those two films because I'm still I'm still very curious. <laughs> Next year, all we do <laughs> is remakes of Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> three of them. Uh, so this one, I, I I would love to see this movie because I'm wondering if it's as classy as this horror film is. That is 1999's Sangarsh, which is a remake of The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Do you consider The Silence of the Lambs a horror film? Because um, it's supposedly like, what, the only horror movie that's ever won Best Picture at the Oscars, obviously? Yeah, it's... In previous years, I've complained about the term elevated horror. Yeah. And no one seems to link in Silence of the Lambs. I think think it was 91 or 92. Mm -hmm. No one really seems to link that into that new movement, that genre. But it kind of is. Mm -hmm. Like, it's funny, though, because the uh, 
the Harris novels, Thomas Harris, they're not particularly prestigious. Mm -hmm. Like, they sold really well. But they're, like, the horror equivalent. Well, not all the movies based on those books are that prestigious either. But, like, it's not like you're adapting, you know, some literary novel. It's basically, like, the same level as, like, Tom Clancy. Or, like, these big 90s authors who would do two or three books a year. James Patterson's the one now. He does, like, two or three books a month. So... Like, it's coming from not the most amazing uh, source material, but it is, like, an amazing film. Yeah. Uh, horror movie, it's, uh, certainly a lot of horrifying things happen in it, but I think I would classify it more as a thriller. I think so, too. And I've said, I said for years, I and I continue to say, so I, I'll backtrack for a second. I was really resistant to watch Silence of the Lambs. You um, don't like cannibals. I really don't like things that focus on cannibals. It creeps me out too much. But it's it's backstory. It's not a huge part of the actual narrative. Well, and I didn't entirely... Hannibal, don't watch that one. Well, yeah, I didn't entirely know that. I just kind of knew all the jokes about Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal the Cannibal. And then I finally saw the film, and I said, if someone had told me that this was a feminist workplace drama, I would have watched it much sooner and i think that is far more what the film is about yes (laughs) than the horror aspects of it it's very much about gender politics yes and then when you look at the legacy of silence of the lambs i think that's where you're getting all of these like procedurals that are on tv that are obsessed with serial killers yeah you know so i i know that like the silence of the lambs is considered within the horror pantheon but i don't always know if i if i think that's Accurate. There's another. There's another the, film on this list that I think like is similar. That I'm like, yeah. I I see why people call it a horror movie, but I don't know if it's accurate. Yeah, like when you're making a list of like the top horror villains, like he Fred yeah. and Jason, Hannibal kind of sneaks on there, but like he's not even the villain of Sounds of the Lambs. He, like, yeah, the no. Tooth Fairy is. He's and even in Manhunter, he's also like already been captured. No, it's Buffalo Bill. It's the Tooth Fairy and. Manhunter. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah, it's Buffalo Bill in this one. But, like, he's not... Ne- uh, until you get to Hannibal, where he's transformed into being the hero of the movies, he's not even the villain. He's yeah. just, like, a creepy guy that you go to for help. Yeah. So it's kind of weird because most of his legend, I would say before the TV show came out, kind of came from, like, oh, I heard he was, like, really bad back in the day. Or mm-hmm. um, in Red Dragon, you see him trying to eat Will Graham. No. Um, but, like, he's weird in that you don't often see him doing a lot of dirty work. He does He does do a little bit of stuff in Silence and Lambs. I believe he rips someone's yeah. face off and wears it to escape, which is pretty hardcore. But, like, he's kind of weird in that he's a horror movie villain kind of in absence and is never actually the main villain of a movie. Yeah. So that's our take on Thomas Apart Harris's... Apart maybe the young, the young Hannibal movie that no one watched. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's our take on Thomas's hair. Tom, nah. So that's our take on Thomas Harris's uh, Hannibal series and Jonathan Demme's Signs of the Lambs. Uh, and Michael Mann's Manhunter, our favorite one. And, and, and we said nothing there about saying harsh because we haven't been able to see it yeah uh i do know that it's, like it's i think it's very fertile ground yeah. to do a remake yeah i i can't help but think about um um the film perfect blue mm-hmm. the the lead character in perfect blue she is she's a a singer turned actress or she's attempting to to start an acting career 
And the show that she is starring in Seems is essentially right. also like a Silence of the yeah. Lambs ripoff. <clears throat> um, and so in my mind, saying harsh is that is that show she's starring in, even though that's a Japanese film and not an Indian film. But yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of how my how my brain has wrapped itself around all this. I'd like to see saying harsh. Uh, I do know that the filmmakers have like backtracked on whether or not it is inspired by silence of the lambs they've said it isn't but apparently it is i don't know we haven't seen it yeah um the next the next remake that we couldn't get our hands on i think you really wanted to see well okay so because it's based on a rather problematic film (laughs) yeah so hawa from 2003 with tabu was a remake of the entity yeah and even for an 80s movie this is about a Uh, supposedly based on a real thing Mm -hmm. but it's about a woman who believes she's been raped by an invisible monster yeah and uh, like feels that she's becoming pregnant and stuff and i've heard even for an 80s movie like it's pretty hardcore yeah and this kind of gets into something we've talked about before that like people who moralize about movies now especially violence and sex they have nothing on the 70s (laughs) and 80s like that was when the gloves were truly off like um Things are very tame now. Yeah. And something like the entity, that that is never gonna happen again. Not not in any sort of like Hollywood sense. Mm-hmm. But it's really interesting that Bollywood is coming to these at least twenty years later with a like she's a more of a marquee star now, but Tabu. Yeah. Like, she's a pretty big deal. And like I am sure that the main character of the entity was not played by as like high level of an actress. It's Barbara Hershey. Yeah. Yeah. So Barbara Hershey's a fan, uh, like um, a fan favorite for horror fans, but not mm-hmm. really like well, and a taboo like level actress. Scorsese fans. Yeah. 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 But uh, I was really interested to see that one because that's another uh, concept that I think would work really well. Also, the poster just in like giant text at the top. Sexual violence. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, they they knew what they were advertising. They know what they have, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see how uh, I I'm kind of fascinated that Bollywood remade that film. Uh, the next one that that we can get a hold of. This is also based on a film that again, like, if I you would can, not consider this a horror movie. If you consider it horror, is again a question. Um, and this is Rocked, which is a film from 2004, and it's a remake of Sam Raimi's The Gift. I think a film that you and I are both big fans of. It's pretty good, but like I think that one kind of, yeah. if you're going to lump it in as a horror movie, it's mostly because of Raimi's other films. I think so, yes. It's, again, it's a thriller. Again. It's more of a, a thriller. There's a, kind of a supernatural element. It's a, it's a murder mystery. But it's not as like clearly in the horror genre as some of Sam Raimi's other work. For example, Evil Dead. Yes. Um, which we kind of saw rift on in Boot Police. Yeah. All right, so the last couple ones are, are more official remakes. Uh, I was really hoping we would be able to see this one um, because I've seen the film that it's a remake of. It's an official remake, and I was very curious. And this the director, director is, is hot, and people love this guy. Yeah, and and he was even tweeting about, like, oh, they're remaking my movie in India. You know, he was mm-hmm. excited about it. So this is um, Dabara, See Your Evil from 2017, which is an official remake of Mike Flanagan's Oculus. I've never seen this movie. You actually say you liked it quite a bit. And, it was okay. Like, I, it, it has a good reputation. I like Flanagan's TV work mm-hmm. more than I like his film work. I wasn't as high on Dr. Sleep as other people. Yeah. Um, I think Oculus is a lot of fun. 
I think he's a really... Did he do Ouija, too? Ouija? I think he did do one of them. Let me see. Yeah. But he's gone on to do quite a few uh, series for Netflix that you Yeah, liked. he did do the... He did Ouija Origin of Evil, so, like, yeah. the second one, which was better than the first one. But he did, what, The Haunting of Hill House, The Haunting of Blind Manor... Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, and The Midnight Club, which is the new one. Yeah, which just... just yeah. Dropped on Netflix. All of which feature the actor Rahu Kohli, who I haven't watched any of these. The funny thing is that I've always just not been around when you've watched right. all these and you get spooked by yourself. But like, I really like the Rahu Kohli, the actor, because mm-hmm. he's very funny on Twitter. He likes to build gunpla. Yeah. He's like a big Warhammer guy and he plays Yakuza games. So like, I feel like we would, ha- we would be cool friends. Yeah. If we ever met. Yeah. No, I, I really like playing against TV work. Um, I think. You never finished I, Midnight Mass, though. No, I should. I should maybe go back. I think I just kind of wasn't in the right mood when I was watching it. But I have been watching Midnight Club, um, which is a Christopher Pike remake, and it's very like teen nineties in a way that I'm adoring. Because so, wasn't wasn't Midnight Club? Okay, so I didn't read a ton of Goosebumps and stuff because I graduated immediately to Stephen King when I was right. like ten years old. Right. Because I'm just that kind of freaky kid, I guess. But like, wasn't Midnight Club like the slightly more adult Goosebumps? Like, they were... I think so, yeah. Because you started R.L. Stein, then work your way up to Christopher Pike, and yeah. then eventually read a Dean Koontz, then maybe read a <laughs> Stephen King. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I never read one. You forgot about Anne Rice, but yeah. That's, Anne Rice, yeah. That's, well, that's how it yeah. goes. That, that's the girl track. The yeah. boy track you go up through, I don't know, video game books or something. All right, the last film um, that we want to mention, again, everyone loves the 20 minutes we spent discussing movies we didn't watch before we get to the movies we did watch, um, is also a Mike Flanagan remake. It's a remake of Mike Flanagan's Hush, and that is Kamushi, which came out in 2019. Yeah, and that shares its title with the Sanjay Leela Bhatsali film. So um, I'd be curious to watch any of these, if we can get a hold of them. So maybe someday in the future, maybe next year. Yeah. But let's talk about the movies we did watch. Yes, let's let's stop. Let's stop. Let's stop pontificating on things that we're unable to see. And let's the episode talk about, that could have been. Let's oh. talk about the films we did watch. Which again, this is an extremely mixed bag. Were and not our original picks. I mean, I think Raws we were always going to watch because yeah. it's it's. it's People big, really it like that hit. movie. It's a it's a whole franchise, but like. But Papi Gudia and um, Kuch Tohe was definitely process of elimination. And you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I was surprised by which of these films I liked more than others. Yeah. So that leads us into Poppy Gudia, Matt. The title means Sinful Doll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Came out in 1996. It's directed by Lawrence D'Souza. It stars Chrisma Kapoor, Amar Bardwaj, Avinash Wadavan, and Shakti Kapoor. It's a it real is, Shakti Kapoor role. It is, yeah, for sure. It is a remake of Child's Play, which came out in 1988, a film that you and I have both seen. Yeah, we, we actually kind of liked it. It was pretty good. Child's Play is pretty There's good. There's a reason why this character has gone on to like like seven movies, two TV shows. Like People love Chucky. Yeah, yeah. So Child's Play was directed by Tom Holland. Um, and it's a franchise that includes six sequels, yeah. one remake. I've seen the remake. You thought um, it was okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Uh, Holland was critical of the remake. He wasn't it, involved. He wasn't involved. Yeah. They don't have Brad Dourif doing the voice. So one thing I will say about the, the Chucky franchise that 
I find very endearing is that all the actors, the people involved, are very loyal to Holland. Mm -hmm. So when the director, yeah, the original film. So when when this new one came out, a lot of them like they were not involved. They were fairly critical of it, you know. Jennifer Tilly, who plays the bride in Bride of Chucky, like she continues to be in this series and it's kind of like one of her it. like marquee roles now is yeah, Bride of Chucky, which is which is fascinating. And Brad Dourif, I mean, he's he's played such a variety of weirdos over the year, but like Chucky is his guy. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a TV series that like is current, like that's fairly recent. I don't yeah. know if it's like currently airing or if they just or if they finished airing, but. I see mention of it time to time. Chucky's also interesting, too, because um, it's like Freddy in that the actor is so tied to it. Yeah. That if you didn't have him, it would just feel really, really weird. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, I never saw the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot where they have Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Instead uh, of Robert Eglund. But for Friday the 13th and the Halloween movies, there's yeah, all kinds of different guys matter. wearing the, the mask because it's a mask. Yeah. But when it's the person's face... Or voice, or, like with Brad Dourif. Yeah, it's just he, like it's a very expressive doll face, <laughs> yes. which is something you cannot say about Poppy Goudia. All right, yeah. So, so I guess the one thing I will say about like the original Chucky series, I haven't seen them all. Um, again, very, very big fan of Bride of Chucky, which came out when we were in high school, and that was like or junior high. I think I saw it in junior high, and that was like a, fu- a fun one to watch a lot. Um, it's just like it's already primed to kind of. Um, be a rather silly horror movie franchise. Like it kind of, it's very self-aware. I think. The, as the, it goes on. Well, the premise is like kind of ridiculous, and yeah, it's also uh, incredibly toyetic. Yeah, like it's it seems like it's built to sell merchandise mm-hmm. because the main character is merchandise. Yeah. All right. So why don't you get us into Poppy Goodia? Which mm-hmm. again, when I heard there was a Child's Play remake, I I had very very. Low expectations. Yeah. So this is... Like, Child's Play being good is already kind of a miracle. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine a Bollywood remake of Child's Play being good. But the answer might surprise you. Okay. Um, So, this is another one where a lot happens in the first 20 minutes, and then the movie kind of coasts for a bit, but you're Mm -hmm. still enjoying it. Yeah. So, we find out that... uh, People in town are very mad because there's been a rash of child stealings and murders. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that it's Shakti Kapoor and his buddy who are doing black magic and have uh, stolen, I think it's boys. I think they've just been stealing boys. Yeah. And they're sacrificing them. Yeah, they've stolen like 11 boys every full moon. Well, every full moon they've stolen a boy. Not 11 every moon. Yeah. uh, And they've sacrificed them to some dark deity and they need a 12th one to do whatever it is they're doing. And uh, so this, this doesn't come up again. <laughs> well, it sort of comes up again. Like, we eventually get to, like, a cannabis death cult. Yeah, that part, um, very cool. But, like, in the original Child's Play, Brad Dura... He's just like, a murderer. He's a, he's a child murderer, and he, like, knows voodoo. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't remember there being any motive of, like, him no, he's just sacrificing them or anything. So I already kind of liked the spin that this was going with. Yeah, but it doesn't... And then... Oh, and then... It doesn't really <laughs> use 
that like oh the last kid he's wanting to uh, sacrifice him to do something it's more by the end it's the same thing that happens in child's play where yeah uh, i'll get to that in a second um but after a shootout at a toy store Mm -hmm. uh shakti kapoor uses his black magic to put his mind inside of a doll an angel doll it's called and what does this doll look like an angel doll with the soul of a devil Uh, this doll looks stupid. Uh, it is not like Chucky is it actually like pretty cool design for a doll? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that uh, at the risk of sounding too personal, uh, Chucky was based on a series of dolls called My Buddy, I think. Yeah. And I actually had one of these, mm-hmm. and it's basically like a child-sized friend, uh, which is sad. <laughs> and I believe my parents got it for me before uh, my brother was born. And, um, like, I think they were fairly popular toys in the 80s, but it's more like, it's more like a companion. <laughs> um, and I, I remember, like, doing a lot of wrestling moves on him. Right. That was okay. fun. Okay. Um, but then I had a brother, and then I did wrestling moves on him, and then I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling anymore. Sure. But this one, it really looks like, like a girl's doll. Yeah. And it does not look like something that a boy would be attracted to. Right. Maybe I'm being very, like heteronormative here but like it does not scream boy toy whereas the original Chucky doll like it kind of just looks like a boy yeah whereas this looks like a big dumb girl action figure (laughs) sure yeah Uh, but um, Charisma Kapoor her and her little brother uh, they are orphans Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she supports the family by doing uh, sort of dance spectaculars at a local club and yeah these are great Fantastic! All of her songs are bangers. Yeah, they're 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 so good. She has a real like Janet Jackson vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, this really like saves the movie. It elevates yeah. it. It just makes it, I think, a fun watch. Yeah, her her numbers are amazing, and Charisma Kapoor has so much, for charisma, lack of a better yeah. word, charisma. And her character here is also named Charisma. Yeah. One of the songs is how she likes the beat in music. Yep. And she also likes the heat in music. Yes. So, <laughs> Wonderful songs. They're not a lot of Very lyrical, relatable. Not a lot of lyrical complexity. No. Uh, but anyway, the haunted doll is living with them now, and he talks to the boy and tells him stuff. Yeah. And along the way starts murdering people who interfered with him as a as a person. Yeah. So first he, it's the babysitter. He kills the babysitter just to see if he can, basically. Yeah. The babysitter had, did nothing to him. Um, he kills the cop that uh, shot him. He kills a beggar woman who kind of uh, like ratted on him. Mm-hmm. And then it comes into a confrontation with uh, this other cop, Charisma Kapoor. And just them investigating and coming to the realization that the doll is haunted and kills people. Yes. And it's in many ways a very straightforward adaptation of Child's Play. Like it yeah. has all of the same elements. Um, it the, does not have a animatronic doll. And they no. kind of just like, you could see someone's arm maybe behind it. It'll kind of like. Well, I mean, the, the doll to make it is, look at stuff. like, the doll is supposed to talk because, like, that becomes kind yeah. of... Yeah, Chunni. He, t- he talks. One of the reveals... Or Chunni. Yeah. But that, but that becomes one of the reveals at some point in the film that, like, the doll has been talking, but there are no batteries in the doll. Yeah, Like, yeah. the batteries are That's still in the That's a pretty box. good scene, actually. It's a good scene, And I don't remember yeah. that in the original, so... It's, you know, we did an episode on Trash Art in the Movies it on Child's Play, but it's been a while, um, but... 
all of the same elements that I remember from Child's Play are here. They're just kind of, they're altered slightly in that, again, like, They're Indianized, though. Yeah, like, so instead of, instead of her being a single mom, she's an older sister and they're orphaned. I understand why they would make that switch because, yeah. like, being a single mom, I think you would almost be, never see that in a Hindi film. Yeah, I think it'd be interpreted differently, um, and yeah, it adds, she like, would probably be living with her husband's family for yeah. one, so it's less scary because there'd be less, there'd be more people around. Yeah, so it's just like I understand like why they made some of the changes. I understand why they make her, you know, a, a dancer and a performer because it allows you to put them in those musical sequence sequences um i remember like still like a like something between the cop and and the mom yep. slash sister in the yep. original child's it's play not, so like that makes sense here it's, as a, to it's why very lampshaded in this though it's yeah. just like oh they were supposed to get married but oh she's she's an orphan the dad doesn't want her like yeah yeah it like there's a whole kind of backstory to it which is definitely not in the original but it is the sort of thing that you would see in a Hindi. yeah so all the elements are there. The special effects might be, you know, not as... They're rudimentary. In, yeah, but... Some even... parts. Because other parts, you have, like, rotoscoped lightning. Yeah. And, like, kind of cool spell effects. They just really cheaped out on the doll. Yeah, but, I mean, even in the, like, original Child's Play, like, you're not dealing with the best special effects yeah. either. Like it's, it's not a huge budget. The concept is kind of inherently silly. Mm -hmm. And so I think it lends itself to... A silly horror movie and if you're willing to kind of get on the wavelength of killer doll mm -hmm. then i actually really enjoyed this movie that was the shock the most shocking thing yeah was i pretty good actually really enjoyed this movie we had a good afternoon watching this movie i think it's partly because like a lot of these song sequences i really really enjoyed like yeah. all of chris mccapur's numbers um, I know you didn't... The Cannabis Death Cult song, awesome. Cannabis, there's a Cannabis Death Cult musical number. Like, yeah. that was cool. Smoking weed is cool. <laughs> death cults are cool. Put them together. Very cool. That was cool. Um, yeah. Shakti Kapoor is, like, totally a really good choice to be playing the child murderer. If you I really had to like pick the Hindi equivalent to Brad Dourif, Shakti Kapoor is up there. Because every time you show up, he's like, oh, he's going to be doing some crazy voice mm -hmm. and some weird business. And, you know, I'm there for it because, like... Agnipath, uh, Madame X. Yeah. He's always got some weird angle, and it, you know, it elevates the movie. Even though he's not always acting in amazing movies. He's, yeah. Like, he, he, he's a, I hesitate to say star, but, like, a super good, um, like, B-level guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a good choice. Like, is this a good movie? No. But we had a really good time with it. Like, I, think I was it, surprised. I think it is way better than any uh, Child's Play adaptation that costs $7 to make <laughs> should be. Yeah. And it opened, it, oh, the opening, um, like, disclaimer. It has yeah. this crazy weird disclaimer with this, like, strange font just yeah. about, like... It's like an Art Deco font <laughs> saying, like... Uh, this movie is actually instructional for children. Uh, it's what to do if you were in such a situation. Oh, and also it mentions computers. Like, there's no computers in this movie. Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's deeply, deeply silly. But what else do you want from a Bollywood remake of Child's Play? Like, yeah, I, you don't want it to be super serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like This movie slaps. Sure, the special effects are pretty bad at times. But I, I do think Charisma Kapoor, like, she's really selling it. She's a good screen queen. Uh, from what I understand, this was a huge flop. Oh, that's uh, But, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It's available to stream on Tubi. So mm -hmm. I guess that's a 
another thing that was great about it. It like was free. Yeah. Um, Couple ads and then bam. And I thought like, are we going to be totally up to lunch in the fact that we were like, you know, this was pretty good. But then when I was kind of scrolling through the reviews on Letterboxd, there was a lot of people... Everyone's just like, I didn't think it was going to be good. And you know what? It was pretty good. Well, yeah, a lot of people who were like us, giving it like three, three and a half stars, who were just like, no, this is not a good movie, but I had fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It doesn't... Yeah. Good is very subjective, but like fun, it's fun. It wasn't scary either. No. You know, but like, yeah. I'll, there, this may, you know give you too much of a reach into my personality but like there were occasionally some shots where the it's kind of blurry and far away and the yeah. doll is moving that's kind of creepy did not like that mm-hmm. but like yeah the movie like it a child could watch this movie yeah it, it was it was pretty light on the horror and the murdering yeah. it's there but yeah Anyway, so that's Poppy Gudia. We're going to play a song from Poppy Gudia because we enjoyed the music in Poppy Gudia so much. Deco Main Hoon Charisma from Poppy Gudia. Yeah, and this is, good. this is when she's at her most Janet Jackson. This is the zombie song? Yeah. Yeah, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, check out the video, actually. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, check out the video for this and the music one because, like, they put their money into that. Yeah. And it looks awesome. And again, like, Charisma Kapoor has, like... So much vitality on screen. I think that's one of the big reasons why I enjoyed this movie so much was because yeah. I just liked watching her. Yeah, if you, if you didn't have her like going full Delta Pagal Hey mode on it, like yeah, yeah, that's you need that for it. Faces everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. This episode of Balladers to Lovers is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. This episode of Bollywood is for Lovers is also brought to you by the Edmonton Community Foundation. The Edmonton Community Foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community here in Edmonton for generations to come. You can start an endowment to fund yourself or with a group. And once it reaches $10,000, it could start distributing funds. Vital Signs is an annual checkup com- conducted by Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on making ends meet in Edmonton. To learn more about the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out ecfoundation.org. So that was Deco Mainhoon Charisma from Poppy Gudia. So next up... You're talking about Roz, which is a very well-regarded film. Yeah, so this episode was kind of actually structured around this film mm-hmm. um, because Roz is has become like a popular franchise in yeah, Hollywood. It's a horror franchise at this point. Two or three more, and then a reboot. Yeah, although like I'm not entirely sure if the reboot is actually a reboot is a reboot or if it is continuing the franchise because. 
I think Emron Hashmi is in the reboot, and he's also in the sequel. Do you know what's going to happen, though? We're never going to find out, because we're not going to watch. <laughs> we're not? No. Oh, okay. This was mediocre. Okay. Uh, well, you look that up, I'll give them the details. Okay. So, Roz came out in 2002, means secret. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Vikram Bhatt, and features one of our favorites, uh, Papasha Basu. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's... Yeah, always happy to see her. And this is the film that really kind of launched her as a scream queen. Yeah. Or like this is the first one she did that then she would go on to do more horror movies. And her so. career would peak with Monster 3D. Creature. Creature 3D. Ah, how did I forget that? God, I love Creature. Uh, then Dina Moria, Melanie Sharma, and Ashutosh Rana. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone online told me that uh, the image of Ashutosh Rana running around with these big uh, eyeball things in the uh, in the jungle was a like a childhood memory like oh okay so that that apparently left an impact uh, this movie was a box office hit it's nominated for six filmfare awards including best film best director best actress uh three sequels and it is a remake of something that again you might consider an elevated horror mm-hmm. like this was oscar-winning director big cast uh what lies beneath which i'm sure i saw I've never seen What Lies Beneath. It is a Robert Zemeckis film. Your favorite guy. Uh, who, yeah, I really do not like Robert Zemeckis films, so I've never felt the need to seek it out. Um, I find this kind of an interesting tidbit. The screenplay is by actor Clark Gregg, yeah, who is probably yeah, best known as like Agent Coulson <laughs> in the Marvel franchise. Yeah. Um, I didn't know he was a screenwriter. That's fascinating. And it features Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, Miranda Otto, and James V. Martin. If I yeah. remember right, it's a lot more from the guy's perspective because you got, you know, obviously Harrison Ford. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I was reading, what I was reading on Wikipedia made it sound a lot more like it's from Michelle Pfeiffer's. Well, it was also 22 years ago I saw this yeah, movie. Yeah, so I don't it's know. very easily forgotten. I, I, don't, I have no idea. I just remember, like, the poster with the bathtub and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a really. Uh, popular poster and James Remar we were just talking about him in the break we like him a lot uh, he's in the Warriors he's on Battlestar Galactica and maybe the most uh, uh, important one for this episode I believe he played Dexter's dad on the TV show Dexter we only watched the first season of that oh but, did he? yeah oh. but he's like kind of in the horror royalty club because people really like that show yeah and he's once if you ever see his face you'll just see him pop up all the time because he's just like Got a great face, great voice. Yeah. For me, um, Sex and the City is the most, like, recognizable thing he did. Yeah. Well, why don't you... Richard uh, in Sex and the City. Why don't you lay out the plot of Roz? <sighs> okay. How much of it do you remember? I remember the plot. I, I can't say I was really interested in the plot, but I remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Papasha Basu and Dino Maria are married. They are a married couple. Their relationship is not going too well they're having some marital problems so to work on on things um and kind of trying to fall back in love with one another they decide to go to this kind of like cottage in Uti. it's like i say cottage it's pretty big um but it's pretty big and it's It's pretty nice they say a bungalow is like yeah, a big mansion. but it's not, it's not like a huge mansion, but, but it's Aaron, just you're like forgetting what happens before a home all of that. in the countryside. What happens before that though? What do you mean? A group of children, oh, uh, like right. teenagers are, well, people who are supposedly teenagers, but are in their mid thirties are menaced by a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like the opening is yeah. they're menaced. And, and you get this voiceover from Pasha Basu about Uti 
doesn't really matter. <laughs> so they go to this home in Uti, and strange things start happening, um, mostly to Papasha Basu. And so mm-hmm. a, a shovel keeps falling over. Like, a shovel get, that has some blood on it. She can't get this shovel to stay up. And, and she starts to think that, like, Something's going on. Maybe they're not alone. They invent eventually enlist the help of a like paranormal investigator type, a professor played he's, by Ashutosh Rana. And he's the one who's investigating the first, uh, like the kids yes. in the beginning. Yes. Uh, he uses very interesting method. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of my favorite methods for detecting a ghost. It's way better than Egon's like thing with the two antenna that move yeah what is it he uses a color changing lemon yeah a lemon on a string <laughs> if a le- if this lemon turns red then you know lemon there tur- are ghosts about. lemon turns red sir you are dead <laughs> lemon stays yellow keep it mellow <laughs> Uh, and it eventually turns out that, yes, there is a ghost, and the ghost, you know, at some point takes possession of Papasha Basu and also kind of takes takes the, uh, takes the Dino Morea for, out for a ride, and kind of they end up in an accident. And the ghost is um, Melini Sharma. She is kind of Dino Moreo's, like, spurned lover. They had an affair. Yeah. She ended up dead. They bury her. Full spo- spoiler zone here, but it's twenty years old. This is an old film. It's yeah. also a remake of a, a fairly well known film. Does anyone care? I don't think so. It's pretty obvious. Point is, is the spirit Although, has been. Um, she's in a shallow grave out in the in the forest in Uti, and you know she's exacting revenge. Thinking about the movie now, after having watched it, right? If you're Dino Moria and you're taking Bipasha Basu to your country home to try and rekindle your marriage. Why would you go somewhere that you buried your dead girlfriend who you were cheating on your wife with? That seems like a bad idea. Because this is the property that your family owns? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Go go to Goa. Nothing yeah. bad ever happens in Goa. Yeah. Um, surprise, surprise, Matt. This is a Robert Zemeckis. It was based on a Robert Zemeckis film. And I found this film pretty sexist. Yes. There is a very the, strong female hysteria. Yeah, bitches that, be crazy. That runs through this movie that uh, I have found a lot of Zemeckis films sexist in the past. I know that like Death Becomes Her is a film that people, that like women have a lot of fondness for. I actually think it's really horrible towards women. Guess what they announced today? What? Sequel to that. Really? Yeah. With Goldie Hawn and Meryl Streep? And no, it's Lady Gaga and someone else. Oh, okay. I was like, and Bruce Willis just retired, so... Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. that that is one that people kind of like. And it that's more in that horror comedy of, like, Beetlejuice and Frighteners, though. Yeah. Which, this is definitely not. This is, no. like, deadly serious. No, but I guess I just wasn't surprised that I found that there were some really kind of sexist elements to this film, kind of knowing... Um, knowing... The creator of the source material. Yeah. I mean, um, he probably didn't write it, but like... Well, yeah, Clark Gregg wrote it. But like, ultimately, what this movie says is like, you could cheat on your wife and murder her. <laughs> uh, you could murder your girlfriend. And, your mistress. Yeah, as long as you like, save your wife and the two of you can defeat 
the object of your lust. Like, it's fine. Well, like, and... The movie should be from the mistress's perspective. Well, yeah, and Marlene Sharma is shown to be so, like... When you get a flashback of kind of what she was like, she, like she's unhinged and she's crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's just like all that stuff kind of come up, came across to me as like pretty sexist. And then she becomes like this vengeful spirit that the film needs to squash out. A horny ghost like, who takes over Bipasha's, Bipasha's uh, body. And like probably the best part of the movie is she's like acting very sexy and like, hmm. Yeah, that's and good. I think that's could do why, with more of this. That's think, probably what people liked about it. Yeah, and that's what kind of I remember what lies beneath kind of its reputation is just like oh, Michelle Pfeiffer really like turns up the sex appeal. Not that Michelle Pfeiffer needs to try hard to turn up the sex appeal, and you know people online were telling us that Roz when it came out was like formative for their sexual experiences, like and, a Mard, for example. <laughs> yeah, and you know like it was a very horny film. Which I can see. There's some some horny elements to I it. I think it's slightly horny for about 10 minutes. And those were good 10 minutes. I enjoyed those 10 minutes. The rest of the movie, not horny at all. Yeah. Could have yeah. been hornier, actually. So, again, I just kind of found, like, the main antagonist, I... I was rooting for her because I hated well, Dino exactly. Moria. Exactly. Like... Dino Moria is so, such a boring guy. And Papasha Basu, I mean, you have to like Papasha Basu, but if the two of them turn the tables... On him, yeah, much better movie because I I cannot be arsed to care about this boring man. Well, and I just I don't know I think about kind of the way horror films have gone kind of over the past twenty years, and I think now to make this film like sh- like Malini Sharma would not be the antagonist. No, because like, she she's would be basically, seen more as a victim. She's basically Ruhi. She's yeah. basically Stree. Yeah, um, or Bubble. Or Bubble. Or, yeah. you know, in a post-Jennifer body, Jennifer's body world, it seems like, uh, you know, it's pretty retrograde. Yeah. And if you do want to do this movie where you're supposed to root for the guy, make him interesting. Because he's not, he's just like a, he's a lump. Yeah. I mean, like... Papasha Basso is the lead, and yeah. you are... We like Papasha You are rooting for her, but, like, why she gives this... Like, why she cares about her marriage to this guy, why she gives this guy a second chance, mm-hmm. no idea. Um, but she's good, like... Yeah, if someone needs to run away from a screen door <laughs> slamming closed or some blood coming from the ceiling, Papasha Basso's got it. Yeah, I didn't, like, enjoy her performance here as much as I like the stuff going on in, like, Alone and Creature 3D... Um, I think she has better horror movies, but like yeah. this is the thing that you know launched her horror career, and yeah, and I see, I you know she's she is perfect for these kind of movies because she has that like that sex appeal, but she also has that like naivete and, the, and that innocence. She's also like, kind she's of slightly just, posh too. Like yeah, she's she feels like. A uh, heroine from a 70s film. And I, I think her wardrobe in this reminded me of, like, The Omen or yeah. The Exorcist. Like, Don't look someone, now. Yeah, someone, like, slightly upper class, upper middle class, dealing with a ghost or a demon or something. Like, that's kind of... She thrives in that. Yeah, I think all the turtlenecks were, like, a good choice. I really liked yeah, all... leather the, jackets. I really liked all her turtlenecks. She looks great. Yeah. The, I mean, she's Papasha Basu. What do you want me to say? She always looks great. <laughs> um, looks great in race. Yeah. Looked great in Race 2 before she blew up. But, uh, um, yeah. I, I just kind of wish, like, this will never happen. But if there was a Peter Strickland of Bollywood movies. Uh-huh. And he worked with Papasha Basu on something. She's, like, perfect for his sort of 
throwback uh, retro, but with interesting modern elements. Because mm-hmm. so, uh, for those of you who don't know, Peter Strickland is a British director who did uh, the Duke of Burgundy, which is a kind of lesbian BDSM fairy tale thing. <laughs> uh, he did In Fabric, which is about a, a dress, dress that murders people. Yeah. He did a new one called Flux Gourmet. The artiest movie seen. ever about a killer dress. <laughs> yeah, Flux Gourmet, which is about weird people who record food noises. Yeah. And probably his best one, I still think, is uh, Barbarian Sound Studio, which mm. is Toby Jones as a guy who does uh, Foley sound work for uh, Italian horror movies and starts to, you know, not understand the difference between the movie and real life. And, like, that sort of heightened 70s uh, referencing stuff, she would be great in. Yeah. Even if she just, you know... Did a Hollywood... Well, not a Hollywood movie. He's a British filmmaker. But, like, if they work together, I think she would be perfect for one of his movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he does work with a lot of actresses who, like, English is not their first language. Yeah. Like, he has a pretty... Like, a lot of Eastern European actresses, but he has some pretty international casts in his film. I mean, I'm, I'm be excited to see him work with Papasha Basu. Yeah, I think that would be, like, a perfect match. So I'm sure he or Bips is listening right now, <laughs> and you two should talk, because I think you two could make a beautiful film together. And, I'm, I mean, I think we would love to see her in a new movie. Yeah. You know, from what I understand, she's having a baby, um, but she hasn't really done anything since Alone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I think now... We are in, like, a really good time for horror movies, for handy horror movies. At least they're putting more out, yeah. Yeah, they're putting more out, and a lot of them that we've seen recently have been pretty high quality, even if they've still been that horror comedy space, so it'd be really yeah. nice to see her in something. The ultimate problem with Roz is that it was defeated by 1920, which is a very similar story. Right. And just did it better because it was ripping off The Exorcist instead yeah. of uh, What Lies Beneath. Yeah, yeah, it's ripping off The Exorcist and Stigmata... Yeah. Like, things that are more overtly horror, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen What Lies Beneath, so I don't know how overtly horror it is. I mean, I think this is, like, this is very much a a horror movie. I don't think that's in question, but it's just, it wasn't scary. Yeah. I know. We've we've argued about this many times. Like, I think that the barometer for a good horror movie should be, in addition to, like, the filmmaking is done well, or maybe not so done well, but, like, done in such a way that the limitations aren't as bad because yeah. a lot of horror movies are cheap but you can get a lot of mileage out of camera angles and lighting and stuff that doesn't cost as much as CGI mm-hmm. um, makeup you can get a lot out of that even if you're not spending a lot of money and um, this one it felt like a pretty prestigious production but it you know just didn't didn't deliver the thrills and yeah you know as a horror film i think it has an additional responsibility to try and be scary yeah i just that's why they're so hard to make because your act there's a specific um emotional register that you're trying to get out of the audience same with comedy yeah like there you're actively trying to get the audience to feel something specific as opposed to just a normal movie where oh you want them to be on the adventure with the heroes and Feel the love affair, feel the sadness, etc. But that you could kind of telegraph a lot more, but actively making people scared and laugh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that, like, I've been spoiled in that, you know, I've seen some of the best horror films ever made. And so I just, like, I didn't find that this film really, like, drove, like, built up the suspense really well. I thought, like... 
the format when it of the uses show. when it uses special effects i thought they looked really cheap and dated which i did kind of like you're looking at the tv and then or was it a mirror and you could see the ghost inside and mm-hmm. but even it had a couple things that work but just overall like there wasn't enough for me to really sustain interest i was just yeah. bored throughout most of the film but you know color changing lemon i'd really yeah. love to know if that's like a real thing is yeah. that like a, a superstition where does color changing lemon come from as soon as color changing lemons on the table we're like we're locked in yeah and i will say ashutosh rana is like really going for it yeah um, he's good as a professor yeah he's in this sort of he's film. giving a fun performance but uh also the script in this falls into the same pattern we've seen with a lot of horror movies where it's like Start off strong, bunch of kids get attacked yeah. by a ghost. That's fine. Then immediately do a dance scene at a club, like it's not even a good dance scene. No, it's not a good dance scene, and like then you're dealing with a bunch of boring. And you have a Pasha Thasu, like get her to dance. Instead, she's just like moping around this party. Yeah, Anyways. and then this is probably from the original film, but like the middle, oh, at least forty minutes or so is uh, a flashback to what happened before. Which is kind of unavoidable based on the way that this story is being told, but the movie's like two and a half hours long and yeah. nothing can sustain no. uh, tension that long. So, yeah, it's it's inherent to this particular story that you need to have the flashback, but they could have cut other things away to try and make it scarier, sustainable for longer. Yeah. So, yeah, Roz was a disappointment. Um, Just like Boot was a disappointment. Those are the two that always told us, like, yeah, those are the good ones. And no. Nah. Yeah, I mean, maybe one day we'll watch one of the sequels, see if the series, the franchise has improved. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, I think I think an eventual Hindi Horror Halloween is watching some of the All sequels. Roz. No, some of the sequels to some of the movies we've seen. So I'm just saying. That's when we have truly lost, ran out of ideas. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, speaking of running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, speaking of running out oh of ideas. Oh my god, this movie sucks. Uh, we have Cooch Tohei, some, which means something is there. One of the worst films we have watched for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, directed by Anurag Basu and Anil V. Kumar. Yes, Anurag Basu. That done... Anurag Basu, we did a whole episode on. <laughs> we've done an entire episode on Anurag no Basu. No one warned us. We are generally big fans of Anurag Basu. Uh, it stars Tushar Kapoor, Asha Dale, Rishi Kapoor, Johnny Lever. And I have to say, Johnny Lever is one of the best parts of the film. That's how you know the movie is not very good. That is not a <laughs> phrase that I think has ever been uttered on this show. And Anita Hassanandi. Uh, the film was a big flop. Don't think that's too surprising. Uh, and it's a remake of I Know What You Did Last Summer. So now this is like 100% my wheelhouse, Matt. I'm a big fan of 90s teen movies. Yeah. I Know What You Did Last Summer came out in 1997. And it's is it post-Scream? Yeah, it's like yeah. right after Scream. So it's kind of like a mini renaissance at that time. So you had Final Destination. Mm-hmm. We really like Idle Hands. I'll throw that in yeah. there. Like there was some great... The Craft. The Craft. Uh, New Nightmare. Yeah. There were some really good, like, teen-based horror films at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, was the, it was the golden era of teen movies in general. And yeah. so it's it's unsurprising that there were also a lot of really good teen horror films. Um, I'm not, like, necessarily a huge fan of I Know What You Did Last Summer. I'm a much bigger fan of, like, Scream. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's got a great cast and it's, you know, it, it, it's quite a throwback for me. Uh, it was directed by Jim Gillespie, but what's notable for me is that it was 
written by Kevin Williamson, the creator of Dawson's Creek. Mm. Um, and it's based that on makes a, sense. He's good at teen dynamics. Yeah, and it's based on a novel by Lois Duncan. I read uh, a, a few Lois Duncan novels when That's I was in some like deep girl lore. Never heard of her in my life. <laughs> when I was in like a late, like late elementary, early junior high, I was reading Lois Duncan. Um, it spawned. Did she do Flowers in the Attic? No, that's V.C. Andrews. Okay, yeah, I don't know any of these authors. Yeah. Um, it has spawned, it spawned two sequels and a reboot TV show that I hear is absolutely terrible. Yeah, I think, what's her name? Yara, Yara Zaid. I watched mm -hmm. a uh, video essay about the TV show. I will never watch it, but I'll, you know, if you got half an hour video essay, I'll watch that. But a remake of I Know What You Did Last Summer TV show, never, ever am I going to watch Yeah. This. I was somewhat interested until I saw that video. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so you're going to set up Cooch Tohei for us? Yeah, it means something is there, but really, nothing's there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a bunch of stereotypical... And it, like, it's clearly, I think, trying to like capitalize on some of the stuff that you have in like Cooch Cooch Tohei. Yeah. Um, this came out a couple years. Like, So this came out in... Uh, 2003, Cooch Cuchote is like 98. So like it's, he's clearly trying to like take, like, I know what you did last summer, but like also take the high school elements from yeah. like Cooch Cuchote. Like it, you see what's going on here. Yeah. One of those movies that takes place in high school slash university slash prep school. Yeah. So like grade 11 or 12 or something. And I say he, there's actually two directors. But yeah. Anyways. And someone told me online that Aaron Gbatsu left the project because it was <laughs> like a legendary failure, so he may not entirely be to blame, but I'm still, I'm hurt. Okay. This sucked. Um, Tushar Kapoor is a... They were such boring characters, I could barely remember, like, even their teen movie archetypes, but he's kind of like an Archie type. Yeah. There's two girls, one named Tasha, I forget the other one's name. <laughs> They're all kind of fighting over him. There's a, yeah. a guy who... Looks like Billy Zane, who's kind of a rival at first, but then they become friends after a basketball game. Mm -hmm. Tushar Kapoor actually scores on his own net and loses <laughs> the game for the home team, which is astounding. I don't think that's ever happened in basketball ever. Yeah. Um, and at this school, these boring children uh, are a little bit scared of a teacher played by Rishi Kapoor. The only, yeah. like, him and... Him and uh, Johnny Lever, I guess, are the only two characters I liked in the whole movie because he hates everybody. He does not want to be there. He gets in trouble with the principal. And he's just got, like, he's a teacher with a bad reputation. And mm -hmm. uh, the students are afraid of him. They spread rumors about him. Uh, so uh, before a test, well, there's a test happens. Tushar Kapoor and Tasha are trying to cheat, like... He's trying to look at her uh, answers, and it's Rishi Kapoor is proctoring the test. Yeah. And no, it's it's not Tasha. It's the other girl. It's the other one. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Tasha's the one who sticks around. So, uh, Tushar Kapoor is going to get... So, it's Esha Dale, Tanya. Tanya. Yeah. yeah. Those immortal characters. Tanya and Tasha. <laughs> How could I forget? Um, so... Tushar is going to get in big trouble for cheating and then Tanya sticks up like oh actually it was me who was cheating mm -hmm. and this is a really important test and if she doesn't pass this one she's going to basically have to repeat a grade everyone else is going to graduate without her and they're like a a friend unit they have to stick together so they plan to break into Rishi Kapoor's house and swap out her answers 
which he keeps in a big cabinet full of test answers. I thought that was kind of funny. They also find the corpse of Rishi Kapoor's wife in sort of like a psycho type thing. Yeah, yeah. This film definitely at times is pulling from other references, not just I Know What You Did Last Summer. So there's also kind of like a sequence that pulls from Urban Legend, another yeah. teen horror movie that came out when we were teenagers that I remember. Yeah, the Devin Sawa age. Yeah. Is he in that? I remember Rebecca Gayhart's in it. He's in Final Destination yeah. and uh, Idle Hands. But this that, that there's a scene in that where there's an urban legend about uh, a creepy man approaches you at the gas yeah. station, but he's actually trying to warn you because there's a kill in your backseat of your car. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Rishi Kapoor confronts them, and over the course of somewhat slapsticky action, uh, he gets hit by a car. Johnny Lever shows up. And sort of investigates what's happening and says, oh, that guy's drunk, and then leaves. And then Rishi Kapoor then falls off of a cliff and is and presumed dead. And this all takes, like, an hour and a half. Like, it takes, like, an hour and a half for us to get to the, the thing that is going to haunt the inciting incident. Our, our cast. Which is ridiculous. There's a lot of screwing around. And, and like, there's a kill before then, too. Like Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah Rishi Kapoor killed, well... Is it Rishi Kapoor? Who knows? Someone in a fisherman's And it's the best kill jacket. of the film, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, a nerdy, annoying kid gets yeah. uh, killed by the killer. And, and he, like, gets pulled up on, like, a by a, a crane. There's a crane in, in the middle like, of the school. In, like, a stairwell. I don't know. It's That was the best kill in the film. Yeah. I'm just saying. But, yeah, it shouldn't... For a slasher movie, it shouldn't take an hour to set up the reason why the slasher is killing people. Yeah. And then do you know what happens after that? Very little slashing. Very little slashing. It Like, the last ten minutes, I'll say, some slashing happens. But yeah. it's a lot of screwing around with, like, almost a, yeah, Giovanni, Heidi sort of... Yeah, Everyone meeting up for a wedding later. Yeah, eventually the film kind of flash forwards two years and it's a wedding. And so they all have to like, they, are Come they in Shimla? It's a yeah. ski resort. Yeah. yeah, they're in a ski resort in Shimla. And so it's snowy every year, everywhere. And that's when like, they start feeling like they're being stalked and there's yeah. a killer in the hotel. There's so it also a, has like a shining aspect yeah. to it. There's a fairly homoerotic uh, um biker song sequence yeah. where two shark was in charge of a biker gang for some reason yeah this is very but bad there's one song sequence i liked which is early on in the film where they're like doing like this 70s yeah. party thing i like that it does it have anything to do with the plot no, no. it's they they pick the 70s they as like their grad on, theme yeah they started on stage and then eventually like it goes to like a fantasy sequence i don't know that was fun that's yeah. It's like the only nice thing I have to say about this movie. And Tushar Kapoor's in uh, Enchantillon, too. So I wonder if yeah. it's kind of like, let's use some of those costumes again. You fit, right? Um, but I don't know. This well, movie I think this is came a... out before Enchantillon. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, maybe it's the inspiration. But this movie is a f***ing waste of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this came out... This came out in 2003. I'm sure it was 2007. Oh, wow. Okay, well, yeah. Then it's a bit of <laughs> 70s revisionism from Bollywood. But, like, yeah. Like I said, waste of time. You can't have a slasher movie that's two and a half hours long. Uh, it's incredibly dull. Yeah. The actual, the actual inciting incident of the movie is... Uh, uh, not uh, Tanya. Yeah. Is... Wanting to run into Tushar Kapoor and gets on a plane to go find him, but oh, he flew to London and they missed each other. And then he tells the story of this, and it's like, okay, well, tension's gone. We know those two live. So, it, like, they just found every single way to screw up this formula so badly. Yeah, and just I, an absolute waste of time. And I have to say, I knew there was going to be a twist because, of course, there's going to be a twist. Like, who is the real killer? Yeah. Stupidest twist ever. Like, yeah. it just like. 
it wasn't even so stupid. It was amazing. It was just lame. It was just really lame. This is not uh, that movie we watched with the two murder rooms. What was that called? Oh, um, um, Koi Johnny Na? Yeah, this is not a Koi Johnny Na, like, twist so <laughs> stupid that it's kind of loops around being brilliant. Like, this is just, oh, okay, a stupid thing happened. Uh, if I think back on things that happened in the movie, it makes that no make sense. sense. It makes and, no sense. Yeah, Johnny Lever's there and does some business with running a hotel. Ugh, it's so bad. Yeah, I really like. I don't know. I wish I could no do it more, but it was just like no redeeming features whatsoever. The one song in the seventies was okay. Yeah, like it's just there's really not much to say about it. I guess I kind of liked the way the cast was introduced at the top because, like, you know, I felt like a a teen movie. Felt, I mean, it definitely at times feels like they're trying to do like a Karen Johar horror movie. And so I thought, like, oh... That concept is good. That could be fun. Again, like, so the way the cast is all introduced is, like, their name comes up on screen and you, like, learn a little about them. Like, again, I love... Introducing Natasha as Tasha. Like, I love 90s teen movies where you, like, set up all the archetypes and all the characters. And so I thought, like, oh, it's going to be so much fun to watch these kids get murdered. Let me tell you, I hated every single one of these kids and it takes forever for them to get murdered. And... Not enough of them get murdered. I'm you, just saying. Yeah, there's too many of them alive at the end. Way too many. In a slasher movie, you gotta have someone get killed every ten minutes or so. Yeah. Otherwise, people get bored and realize, oh, these characters are actually really badly written and I don't care about them. Yeah. Because you do have to kind of hate the characters who get killed in a slasher yeah. movie. Otherwise, it's not fun and it's just sad. Like, you, if you like them all, then you don't want them to yeah. get murdered. This one, uh, like, went way too far and just, like, let's make them the most unlikable people ever. And I don't think that that was intentional. I think that they hired bad actors <laughs> to do this. Uh, Tushar Kapoor, we've seen in Om Shanti Om and a couple other things. Mastizade. Yeah. He's terrible. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen him do a good job at acting. I'm glad I don't and have to see him like, that often. And he's just, like, you keep referencing Om Shanti Om. He's just, like, a cameo in that. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, that's the first thing that comes up on Letterboxd for him. Oh, He's okay. a miserable actor. Mastizade is just execrable. It's him and what? Ritesh Deshmukh in that movie? I think. Like, I'm glad that he doesn't make very many movies because he's not very good at it. He should find another job. Yeah. It's like... No, it's not Ritesh Deshmukh. It's Avir Das. Oh. Well, like, so a few weeks ago we watched uh, Wake Up Sid. Yeah. And... This is why, like, oops, all SIDs. <laughs> They're all incessant, boring man babies and just, like, nothing girls. No personality. Uh, the love of the love triangle is non-existent. Don't care about anyone involved. And I'm waiting for Rishi Kapoor, Kapoor, who, spoiler alert, is a killer. I want him to come and kill them, but it doesn't even happen. So it takes, like, the... The basic point of a slasher forgets to do it and just is mostly a forgettable teen story with terrible actors. Like, yeah. there's no redeeming features to this film. I truly, like, have nothing good to say about this. Like, nothing. At least in, like, <laughs> Boot, the, like, Boot to Hoon Main is a good song. Yeah. This had no good, this had the 170s song, but uh, apart from that, yeah, complete waste of time. This and Masizade, I think, are the two worst movies I've ever watched for this podcast. Uh, I really hated the movie Arakshan for some reason. I was just checking my mm. my list to see what the worst ones are. I don't remember why I hated that movie so much, but this one's far worse. 
mm-hmm. just a miserable experience. I want those two hours of my life back. I'm so sorry. But, I mean, that's kind of... That's kind of what it's like around here at Hindi Horror Halloween. It's feast or famine, and <laughs> exactly. mostly famine. Exactly. Yeah. So... So, yeah, watch Poppy Gudia, uh, and ignore these other two films, because they are mid to, you know, raging garbage fire. But I do kind of wonder if, like, Poppy Gudia, like, if we had such a good time with it because these movies were so bad. Like, we had such But we low... watched it first, though. No, we didn't. We watched it second. Do we watch Ross first? Yeah, we watched Ross first. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it was teed up. But like, here's a boring Well, movie. and I think we were just expecting... I was expecting it to be the most tedious. And I think, like, just... It was just such a surprise that we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do wonder if it just, like... It seems like such a better movie in comparison. Or, again, no, like... No, I think it's, like, legit good. Yeah, it's... Um, I, well, again, I don't know if it's good. But I also... But it's not a bad movie. It was certainly enjoyable I, and what did we learn from these adaptations I mean Poppy Gudia you could take a concept like Child's Play and then just tweak a few elements like yeah. have a black magic subplot instead of voodoo um, have like Charisma Kapoor's job have it not be uh, a single mother and be um, like a, a sister thing and it works pretty well uh, you don't need to just go super over the top and make everything uh, Hindi about it but Roz uh, is just boring mm-hmm. and he's probably just adapting fairly dull source material. And then I Know What You Did Last Summer is not an amazing film, but like it had a great cast yeah. and the sort of I mean, fisherman... it has a very 90s cast. Yeah. It's like Jennifer Love Hewitt. It was Hewitt, the best ones you could get at that time. Sarah Michelle Gellar, Freddie Prinze Jr. and like Ryan Felipe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. That, <laughs> like that, that's the best of the best you could get for a teen movie at that time. And then you... They're getting killed off by a guy in a fisherman's costume? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, this movie had an extremely, yeah. like, horrible cast. They're all terrible. It shoves in Johnny Lever moments, and then eventually it's so bad that I'm looking forward to more Johnny Lever moments. That's what this movie did to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but what they should have done is had better actors. And also killed more people, and well, they should have, have like, a whole hour of just understood, like movie stuff. understood what a slasher film is. Yeah, like it just and even like I know you did last summer. I'm remembering the original. It's not like a Friday the Thirteenth or something where uh, kids having sex is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's teenagers, young adults. Like, having to hide the fact that they murdered somebody, and that's enough juice to cover it. So that would actually work fairly well in Bollywood, where you can't have the um, sex scenes. Yeah. Um, But they screwed it up anyway. Also, this film has, like, no interest in the final girl, which, like, I think is a kind of important element in slashers. Unless Tushar Kapoor is the final girl. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, the kills are not inventive, the one guy who gets strangled is kind of good, but the rest are quite boring. Um, so, in every measure of being a slasher movie, it fails. Yeah, I really, I really hated it. Yeah. But. Absolute miserable experience. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, <laughs> I have nothing left to say other than happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, Hopefully Tushar Kapoor doesn't come to your we, door. We hope that, you know, you take some time to enjoy some spooky movies. Whether, you know, 
Horror movies can be really polarizing, but we've talked about a lot of other wonderful horror movies on this show. So hopefully you have we'll look some. At those, yeah. Hopefully you have some to watch um, if you're having that are fun. not these ones. But you know, like if you watch Poppy Gertia, yeah. let us know what you think. If you're having like a fun movie night with your friends, having a couple beers, throw Poppy Gertia on. Yeah. You know, it'll surprise you. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that and that is exactly the right way to watch it. I think like I, I love. I think we drank a bottle of wine during Kuchito Hey. And it did not help at all. <laughs> no. Um, but I think, like, we love watching horror movies, like, with people. That's, yeah. I think they're they're one of the, the best genres to just kind of have that collective experience with. So, yeah, like, get some beers, put on Poppy Udia. Is there... I'm curious, though, if there's, like, a horror movie you'd like to see Bollywood remake. Is there one that you think would be, like, just kind of ripe for an Indian remake? Okay. Hear me out on this one. Baba Hotep. Okay. With Amitabh Bachchan. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Right? Would it still be Elvis? It might not be Elvis. Like, okay. it might be, like, an Amitabh Bachchan impersonator or something, okay. right? But playing with that mythology, uh, for those of you who don't know, probably most of you, Bubble Hotep, based on a Joe R. Lansdale short story, it's basically Elvis didn't die, and in fact is living in an assisted living home mm-hmm. with a guy, a black guy played by Ossie Davis, who thinks he's JFK and that they dyed his skin and took a part of his brain out and that's uh, you know how they hid him. But it's a vampire, it's a mummy actually, <laughs> that's like sucking the life out of people in this nursing home. Mm-hmm. And yeah, seeing you know Bruce Campbell as Elvis, very good. And I think you could do something with Amitabh Bachchan like trying to defeat a villain like that mm. and like play in like he's 80 years old so you could kind of play into his age yeah and play into his mystique too because like in hindi film like his mystique is on the level of elvis if not bigger like he's he's such a larger than life figure in his past and you could get a lot of mileage out of that mm-hmm. what would you what would you do well i was thinking kind of something similar in that i'd like to see like Shah Rukh khan do like dracula yeah. I think that would be really fun. I think that could be very sexy. Yeah. I don't know if you'd go more like like the Bella Lugosi Dracula directed by Todd Browning or if you'd go more uh, like Gary Oldman Dracula directed by Francis Ford or Coppola. Or Christopher Lee Dracula. Or Christopher Lee Dracula. But I just, I think it would be really fun to see and I want like an iconic actor who's going to bring sex that, that sex appeal and that magnetism and I think it's Shower Khan because, like, we've seen what he can be like as like an obsessed villain. Yeah, and he's I great just, man. I think, like, a Dracula movie with, and Dracula is totally a concept that I think translates across, um, across cultures really well. Well, Ramsey did one. I think it was Ben Darwaza. Yeah. Uh, like they they did a straight up Dracula. So you can yeah. do it again. I just, uh, yeah, it's like it's such an iconic thing. I think you can have, have him be a, a relic of, of the colonial past or something. Exactly. Yeah. He could be a, a nobleman who was made into a vampire by Britain or something. Exactly. So I'd, I'd really like to see a Dracula. I, I don't know. I've always really loved vampires. So I'd yeah. like to see Bollywood really sink their teeth into a vampire Well, film. the Ramsey brothers did do Neighbors. They are vampires. Yeah, it didn't look very good in that. I'm <laughs> it, it did not. just no. going to say. Uh, but yeah, Shah Rukh Khan is Dracula. Great idea. Yeah. Uh, and the, Baba Hotep's a very obscure. And the pick, rights so. are available. You don't yeah. even need to like. It's not even an unofficial remake. <laughs> no. You can just do it. You can just do it. You can do what uh, Murnau couldn't do a hundred years ago. It's the one hundredth anniversary of Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, which is also like again, an adaptation of 
Dracula. I don't know if I, want, I wanted to go in that that space, but like they couldn't get the rights then. Now the rights are free. You can just I do it. I want to see Dibbar Garbanerji <laughs> do it too, just because his sequence in Ghost Stories was so good. Amazing. Dibbar Garbanerji does Shah Dracula. Make yeah. it happen, people. Yeah. Make it and happen. And also Amitabh Bachchan, Ian Inez. <laughs> Bubble Hotep. They would have to think of a new name. It, the, the name doesn't make any sense in this context. I would get, like, Vicar Medici Matwani to direct that. Yeah. That would be good. Someone who can... Or the guy who did uh, The Man Who Feels No Pain. Oh, that would be good, too. Yeah. yeah. Someone who could play with the, the super filmy aspects. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So... That's two box office, uh, like, sensations right there. Uh, get on it. Get the two biggest actors in Bollywood on this right now. All right. We're going to leave it there. Um, we're going to be back in two weeks, hopefully. Um, you're going on a trip, Matt. Yeah, I'm going to be gone for work for a bit, so uh, it's going to be touch and go, but I think I can get this show watched while I'm there. If yeah. not, I'll cram it when I get home. Yeah, Matt's going to be in Germany for a couple of weeks, so we're hoping that our next episode will be out um, before October wraps up, but that's part of why we did... Um, our Handy Horror Halloween episode like a bit earlier this year than usual. Yeah. Uh, but what are we going to be, what are we going to be talking about in a couple of weeks, Matt? Well, we're going to be watching some actual horror. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the first season of this was pretty rough. Yeah. But uh, Deadly Crime season two. Yeah. Uh, it's only five episodes long, which is very helpful for us. And yeah, uh, this is Shafali? Yeah, Shafali yeah, Shah. Shah. It's the year of Shafali Shah. Year of Shafali Shah continues. Uh, first Daily Crime was fantastic, and this one, I believe, is based on a real murder case. Guys with hammers. So, um, yeah, it sounds pretty intense, but uh, uh, first was a great show, and I can only assume this one's really good, too. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to this, even though I watched the first Delhi crime under a lot of duress. Um, but it turned out to be fantastic. I think that so. this crime, that the, the one in the first season could be very um, indelicately handled, and they did a good job on yeah. it. This one is murdering rich people, so that's fine. I, in fact, I encourage it. <laughs> Wonderful. In Minecraft. I didn't actually mean that. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up the show? Uh, at Bollywood Pod on Twitter, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S, at Aaron E. Fraser, uh, bollywoodersforlovers.tumblr.com, facebook.com slash bollywoodersforlovers. Please, review us. Yeah, please leave us a star rating and a review. It's been a while since we've got a new review. We put, do like put, reading them out on air. Put your own uh, Hindi horror film that you would like to see have happen. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put these two in with my uh, my idea for Northanger Abbey. Um, Perfect. But, uh, yeah. Uh, what's on your other show? Uh, yes, you can also subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwachuk called Trash Art the Movies. We are also working on, like, a Halloween-ish episode. We're going to be talking about two IR-11 Adaptations, Rosemary's Baby, and The Stepford Wives. Yeah, he's definitely a 70s author that people remember his movies more, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But uh, he was a big deal. Yeah, so looking forward to that. And yeah, again, happy, happy Halloween. Don't eat too much candy. And uh, we want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Have a spooky evening, Becca.